You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. A Tender Heart is the title of this devotion. I find, for me, it's the only way that I can stay in the right place with God. When my heart gets a bit hard by a bit too much of the world on television or so, I, I make mistakes. It's not maybe a mistake in what I say, but the spirit with which I say it. And yes, what I say could be off, and I just can't, I can't bear that. Why not? Because God looks at every word that I speak, and He wants it to represent Him. He wants, He looks at the spirit by how I say things, and it is to represent Him. In how I deal with with people, with finances, with, with, with the moral consciousness of this world, the only way that I can stay in the right place for me is to keep a tender heart. But I have found out that that tender heart is the work of my Savior. It's saving me from the hardness of heart, the hardness of unbelief, the hardness in departing from the living God and the love for the world. It, the tenderness is what He works as one of the great attributes of salvation in my nature and character that I've become brokenhearted and contrite before my Father. And I, I really believe in this with my heart, you know, with all my heart, that to have a tender heart is a work of God's grace. It's, it's a saving grace of God. And I want to read you something that really has affected me in my believing for myself. It's right here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 in the Amplified Translation. Listen to it. Now, therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only in, uh, with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out, listen closely, Cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling self-distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing, creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. It is God who works in you to, to pursue, to seek, to can't live without a tender heart. Tender means you're sensitive to God's Spirit. You feel it. You notice it, you recognize it, you're watchful for it. But tenderness is too in your sympathetic and empathy towards those around you, that you're not indifferent to their needs and to their well-being and to what they may 
what may help them or strengthen them or encourage them or bless them, that you have a tenderness, a sensitivity. You know, it is your kindness. Kindness and tenderness are in the, in the same family of nature. David says, your kindness has made me great, O God. And the Bible says too in Proverbs that tenderness or kindness makes a man attractive. I know that you can look at television idols and see their brutish strength and think that that is so attractive, but in real living every day, that is not built for a happy home. It doesn't build for a happy relationship. What builds for a happy home and a happy relationship is a real gracious, kind, considerate, sympathetic and loving heart. And especially this is true in our relationship with the Heavenly Father. You know, many years ago, I was sitting here in Folkestone and having a cup of coffee with a Dutch pastor called Martin Sloats. He and his wife Elizabeth have a wonderful church in the city of Bijlen in the Netherlands. And Martin, if you'd looked at him, you see on his head many, many incredible scars, deep scars, big scars. And he had suffered physically enormously that caused him to have these scars. And he said something to me in that condition that obviously showed he had suffered incredibly. He said something to me that stuck with me forever. He said, Pastor Robert, what makes us tender is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And when he said it, it was like the Heavenly Father breathing into my being, understanding of how to find that tenderness without which I cannot be perfected in doing His will and emanating His nature and character. And I, I read this scripture here where Jesus says in John 14, verse 16, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper. The word helper here is the word comforter. That He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He said this, of course, before Pentecost, where after Pentecost he came to dwell in us. And that has been the Father's great longing for which the blood of Jesus was shed to purchase our body to become the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20 says. Don't you know that your body and your spirit is not your own, it is the Lord's, for you are the temple of the, His Holy Spirit. And you see, it is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that makes us tender, soft. And I know sometimes we go through a brokenness of circumstances and, and we, can in, we can experience a tenderness that is not as commonly experienced without those brokenness of circumstances, but it's not the circumstances that gave it to you. It's the Holy Spirit comforting you in those circumstances that gave you that tenderness. And a tender heart is what allows God to be able to do something most amazing. If I take you here to Second Kings for just a moment, we see one of the kings that I love deeply. His name is Josiah. 
and he reigned for 55 years, I, I learned what to pursue through this precious man, but I also learned what not because the, he cut his journey short because he got involved with Nabal, the, the, the king of Egypt, in a battle that he was having. And Nabal said to him, Josiah, this battle is not yours. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. But he didn't listen and it cost him his life. And, and, and the Lord needed to use that example of Josiah to say, Robert, don't get involved in things that I've not, not given you to get involved in. Walk wisely. Do, do what I show you. Don't do what I show you not to do. And I, you know, I've made my mistakes in the past where I got involved in things that that I meant well, but it didn't turn out well. So I tried to be more obedient by praying, Jesus, cause your obedience to be perfected in me, Lord, help me. And I, I'm so grateful he does. But one example here about Josiah is in 2 Kings 22, verse 18. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, said the prophetess, who sent this word to the king, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning um, the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation, a curse, and you tore your clothes, wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Josiah so humbled his heart. He became so broken before God when he realized what tragedies were awaiting the people. And he wept for the people, wept before the people. And the Lord says, wow, I've been waiting for somebody to care about the people I care for and to weep for those I weep for. And Josiah, because you were tender of heart, these things that were, are supposed to come upon them will not come upon them during your lifetime. My goodness, friends, think about how many people were spared so much harm because Josiah's heart was so tender. Did you realize? Because your heart is tender and you weep for people when they make wrong choices, when they make mistakes, when they have done things they shouldn't have done and you weep for them and cry and say, Lord, don't charge them for this wrong. Lord, please forgive them. Lord, be merciful to them. Do you know that you are able to hold back much harm and much hardship that would come to them naturally? But because you wept, God's mercy will abound towards them. Think about Moses because he wept before the Lord. God was able to hold back the destruction. I mean, you read it there in Exodus 33, where the Lord says, Moses, leave me alone, and I will destroy these people and start anew with you. And the Lord says, no, Lord. And he wept before God and wept, and he was able to hold God's wrath back. Come on, friends. There's so much going on in the world that, that, that's calling for the tender hearts to wake up and cry at the throne of grace and say, Father, have mercy and turn this, turn this situation around. I really believe that we're living in a day that God is able to turn things around and that we can weep and cry before him and see God in his mercy intervene. God needs you. He needs me. 
Amen. Have a good day.